right, hello everybody, and welcome back to the motherfucking Touch. No, no, no. It's still burn the goddamn city down to the ground podcast. Episode 13, PG 13. Shout out Paul George. We here trying to hit every single player who has ever played in the NBA for episode titles. Of course, I'm joined by my good brother. Please introduce yourself. Tell tell the people the, the revolutionary who you are. You already know it's the young twin pulled up on the set. Touch the city podcast. You know, we we live here, man. You know what I'm saying? From New York City, live from the city, of course. You know what I'm saying? June. You know, we just feeling good, man. It's a lovely Sunday in, in the summer, man. Unfortunately, the circumstances between quarantine and the state of the, the social world, you know, I, I won't get too much into the, the dramatics, but, you know, we out here and, you know, you know it's, it's twin 4K, man. I'm here, Tenny. I'm loving, I'm loving the world. I'm loving, you know, my good peoples, my brother, my brother, Fax Mercury. You know, we here, we, we, we just good, man. We here. Good. So if y'all seeing this, then you see the two names that I'm about to introduce, right? So we've been dying to have them on the pod. They are our number one fans. They are two people, two women. We know very well. We love them very much. And we said, fuck it. We need to have them on the pod because their voices are important, just as they are very important in our lives. So I'd like to introduce, and this will not be the first time they're going to be on the pod, all right? So this ain't no one-time shit, all right? This is family shit. Like I said, we're we making a family, an extended family network for people to be on the pod. No one-time guests reoccurring. Y'all come back when y'all want to come back, feel me? It's an open door from here on out. So anyways, I'd like to introduce the legendary Ruthie Yates, a.k.a. 808, a.k.a. the love of my life. And Tenny, I'm going to let you introduce, so that is, is fair. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you guys uh I'm gonna let you guys into the into the, the I don't even know how to introduce <laughs> no, it. I'm trying to think about something as like, cinematic or as climactic <laughs> as uh you know what justice has put out, but you know the 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 lovely the lovely knowledgeable and very I don't know what I I, I say strong headed Cheyenne <laughs> Hernandez, but lovely Cheyenne the misses. The, the the woman that that holds me down, she's my rock, she's my pride, my joy. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, for anything that you don't see the negative side of me, trust me, man. She's seen the negative side and she's holding it down. She she helps present the twin 4K for you guys. So you know, the lovely Cheyenne Marisol is in the building. Yes, sir. Talk, yo. Come on, come on, y'all. Say say what's up to the peoples. <laughs> yo, thanks for that lovely introduction. You started out a little like, eh, what the fuck? But, <laughs> yo, you wrapped it up pretty good. I told y'all I'm a little drunk. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, it's Ruthie. I'm awkward. <laughs> I'm happy to be here today. Thanks for having me on the pod. Absolutely. Why would I not have you on the pod? <laughs> All right, so um, how was our week, ladies? How, how was, I mean, uh, you know, as uh, obviously yeah, I know, Ladies I first, we got we to gotta let them rock, so we got to ask yeah. them, how was y'all week? How did y'all, how, how y'all feel this week? Well, <laughs> my, my week, I felt like it was just a damn roller coaster. I had some good days, I had some bad days. Um, I just feel like with everything that's going on, I've been trying to just stay focused, trying to keep my head up, uh, you know, but it, it's been tough, but, you know, I'm hanging in. I, I was just happy that it was finally the weekend. So this weekend I got some like rest. I was able to just get some like nice me time. So that was pretty good. 
Yeah, my week was pretty much the same. I'm still continuing to work from home. Uh, just trying to disconnect, but while also staying like conscious of what's going on outside. There's a balance, and I'm still trying to find it right now. But I, I enjoyed the weekend. <clears throat> that Chinese food we had was delicious. I yeah. got some duck. <laughs> that shit, oh, that shit was busting. Yeah. We had Chinese food on Friday. Facts. But we had, like, you know, like the American Chinese food. Oh, so huh? it was like chicken, broccoli, fried chicken. Oh, man, yo, yeah, that's okay. That that's oh, man, stuff. the fried chicken with the pork fried rice. Yo, extra oh, soy. Oh, about, baby. Nah, chicken that's and broccoli right is there. the best. If the brown sauce is good, I feel like that's what makes a difference. Because some yeah. places we have a garbage brown sauce. Yeah, I'm a beef and broccoli guy, to be honest. Like, we yeah. for historically, Shy would always get chicken and broccoli. I'm a beef and broccoli guy. And, you know, you just throw that brown sauce over the white rice. Or even the pork fry. You could do the pork fry, but you throw that over the white rice with the beef. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the major disappointment is the places that have the white sauce. No, no, nah, nah, that's what I got beef. yesterday, though. Really? You, you like it? It's the it's authentic and it feels healthier. I already feel guilty. Really? You know yeah. what? Maybe I need to fuck with that place. Then maybe yeah, maybe I gotta try it. Cause one time I ate it in Albany. They gave it, to, but again, it's Albany. So you know, it was probably my fault for even trying to try the Chinese food there. But like, yeah. so I was just like, damn, I can't. Where's my brown sauce? <laughs> It nah, was, yeah, it was, she was looking at the chicken like it was like boiled little chicken rose, man. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Brown sauce is better, but I just don't feel as much guilt after eating the white sauce. Nah, I, I definitely it looked brown to me. I didn't see the cut. Like, why is it called white? The shit didn't look white in the, the fucking Tupperware. It's clear. <laughs> was it the sauce that it should just? I don't yeah, know. you weren't looking hard enough. <laughs> nah, because I planned. <laughs> I was trying to get into my food, yo. I had the duck sitting there. It was I'm not wasting time. Yeah, now the duck, you gotta go to work for that. Like you can't even waste no time. No hesitation. Oh um, yeah. um, man. But, but um, right. yeah. uh what about you, bro? How was your week? Um, yeah, no, nah, my week was um pretty chill. I mean, you know, like I've been trying to make a more um concerned effort to to be more engaged in my work, you know. Obviously with this quarantine uh situation. I can't speak for everyone, but, I, you know, there's a level of disengagement that comes from working with from home. You know, a lot of people, you know, that at least have this lifestyle from day to day, from week to week, you know, they are able to like brave and shoulder that type of workload and, you know, keep their focus. And every single day they wake up there in front of the computer. I feel like Shy is fake one of them, actually. You know, I don't, I don't want to like prematurely speak on her position or her standpoint from that matter, but you know, like eight o'clock sharp, she's at that desk, like ready to, you know, bust out her work and, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and knock out that insurance shit and do what she got to do. My ass, man, I'd be waking up at like nine 30 and talking about, yo, I was supposed to be punched in at like seven 30. I got this issue to support <laughs> and that issue to support. So, you know, it's, it's definitely tough from that regard. And, and, you know, at least trying to deal with that is just always a trip. So like this week I've been trying to make a more concerned effort, you know, getting up at six 30, like typically, she gets up to walk the dog at around. What would you say, babe? What time are you walking the dog? Get up around like six. She walks the dog at like six, so she get up at six. I mm. get up like if not that same time, ten to fifteen minutes later. I'm getting up. I'm in front of the computer. I'm, you know, if I got some ticket work to hit up, I'm updating my tickets. And then if not there, 
I'm trying to schedule the appointments so that I can do what I need to do at certain sites throughout Brooklyn and, you know, just th- things like that. Like, that's kind of been my concerned effort. I'm not like, and I think, you know, I've kind of made that point clear. The the notion of office work is not really my uh, my forte or at least, you know, I'm in the office, but it's not my my dream. You know what I'm saying? You you kind of consider yourself I at 50. What do you want to be doing? And actually, I remember I did ask you that question on the first episode. You know, yeah. flashback to the first episode of Touch the City Pod. <laughs> but, you know, you 50 years old. What do you want to be doing? I don't ever see myself really in an office. But, you know, right now I'm trying to work on my professional skills because professional skills do matter. They're very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's something I'm, I'm just been working on that. Uh, I've been doing a, a lot more, you know, optimization just with the stream. I, I kind of got a, a little new uh, splash page, if you want to call it that, or at least loading Ooh. page for my stream right, right before the stream Ooh. starts. You know, if I'm on break page, ending stream. And it's actually self-made, self-created. You know, a lot of people get stock images and stock video for it. I recorded and shot it myself with my cameras. Yes, and, sir. Um, yeah, and I created my own little little scene. So if you you go on to Twitch, twitch.tv slash twim underscore 4K. That's T-W-M-B underscore 4K. You catch me on there. You catch that new uh, new little setup, man. And you know, shit, if you shit, you want to hire me, if you fucking doing streams and you thinking, hey, I, I need a stream setup, I know a lot about that stuff. So that's something I guess good to mention. Um, you know, I've been working on that. And uh, yeah, just overall, just relaxing, man. You know, a lot of life, sometimes it, it, it puts you in a moment where you don't get to really sit back and take a look at things, take a look at the situation, the yeah. environment and say, hey, like, you know, let me just relax. You know what I'm saying? Round of applause. I've been doing good work. Mentally, I've been holding myself together through the end of the world and back. Literally, the world ended and then it's coming back to order. Imagine, like, can you imagine, like, being able to mentally hold yourself together through yeah. that like we, we've all been doing some incredible we're all gonna shit. need serious therapy when this shit's oh yeah over. without a so, doubt because yeah trust me like i feel like even this week like i've had moments you know and i don't want to go too, uh, too long on the tooth but you know i've had moments where i've I've hit up shine i'm like yo like i really need to get outside like i need a vacation right after this shit when it ends i need one like you know what i mean like the mental damage that this has been able to inflict Upon us is just kind of like, man, I can't wait to this be this for this to be over, really. And and, and that's just where I'm at, man. I know it's a little long of a, a weekly update, but you know, that's that's just what I've been on, man. You know what I'm saying? I respect this shit. You gotta deal yeah. with what you gotta deal with, you know. Uh this how, how about you, bro? I actually I, you know, I don't want to return that favor. How about you? How's your week, um, man? What's, what's the vibe? I know you went to that. Did you did something yesterday? Yeah, or something, so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so we'll we'll get into that in a second because we both have experiences. So I want oh, yeah, to take back off of each other's. Um, the, I have to agree with Shy, and this week has been like for me a roller coaster of like what the fuck, and you know, like there it's I have to constantly uh, do work in the sense of limiting how much information i am receiving on a daily basis because i get to a point if i receive too much information i completely get overwhelmed and i'm like i can't do this right now and i just like shut down entirely like i'm like i gotta go take a nap or something so especially if it's in the morning because oftentimes you know we see protests are going late into the night so you don't really get updated on what's going to happen until later on and for me that later on is like when i wake up for the day so i wake up and the first thing i'm doing is seeing fucking horrific images or videos of police brutality i'm like bro like i'm not awake yet like i have to process all of this shit now so exactly like yo i'm I'm still trying to reconcile with okay i'm this is a brand new day 
So I, I'm trying to do better in limiting the amount of information I receive every day and just, you know, finding that balance of letting people know, like, hey, look, even though I'm not necessarily tweeting about it or whatever at the moment, like, I'm still here. I'm still focused on the movement. I'm still focused on everything at hand. So it's just striking that balance of saying, okay, boom, I pop in, see what's going on, say my two bits about it, and then go on my way. And and what's hard is that I'm trying to go on my way, but I, I find, at, at least for this week, it was very hard to be... Uh, interested or have a certain level of involvement in other activities i'm doing playing video games or trying to make music it was all like a certain level of like uh mental distancing that i just couldn't do you know i couldn't fully immerse myself in whatever i was doing it was like i would do it for an hour or two and then i was just kind of like uh, you know like i was trying to find a way to have joy outside but it almost a part of me was like oh i'm guilty in trying to find joy you know like why should i be having fun when there are people out here doing the real work so it's trying to strike a balance of maybe being less hard on myself for that. And so, you know, it, it's been an up and down. It, it was a good end to the week, as good as it can be. And um, I guess we'll segment right into that where on Saturday, um, me and Ruthie went to the rally. Um, so, yeah, uh, I found it. Uh, babe, you can after I'm done, I want you to speak on how okay. what's your what your thoughts on the rally. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rally was uh, organized by uh, babe. What was the the woman's name? I completely forgot. Tamika Mallory. She was the woman whose uh, video went viral. She was talking about cops and just like white people complaining about looting. However, like America taught us about looting and violence. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the, I don't know if you guys yes. came across that video. Yeah, oh yeah, um, I saw that video. I remember that. Yeah, she um, she organized it. Yes, yeah, so she organized it. Ruthie was like, uh, what do you think? So I was like, all right, let's go. So we went. So uh, they initially started at 110th Street and Central Park West and walked all the way down to Washington Square Park. So what? Yeah. So initially we were going to go over there and I was like, I don't know if I could walk all that shit. Well, you woke, and, up, and I, you woke up not feeling well. That too. So oh, I was still debating as like, oh shit, if I were going to go. So like, all right. Then we decided like, all right, we're going to go, but we're just going to meet them at Washington Square Park. So they came down at around two. Um, it was it was pretty well organized. There was a stage, you know, there's a, a, a set amount of speakers that were there. Um, it was very empowering, of course, but it was a, a very cool imagery that you get to see in real time. Like I'm watching something historic happen in real time because mm. we heard them come down and we're like, OK, let's go meet them as they're coming down. And you just see this mass of fucking people with signs and everything coming down the street to Washington Square Park next to the arch. And that's, you know, just the visual imagery of that, like the, 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 what the, the, what you're seeing is like, holy shit. Like I'm watching what? revolution in real time. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, time. when we, when they finally met us at Washington Square Park, like I wanted to cry. It just, it was such a powerful moment just seeing, because you, yeah, you could see straight down how many blocks like people walked from 110th street and it was incredible how many people participated and it was as we were sitting there it was really cool to see people in the park and they weren't there to fucking walk their dogs or do whatever if you were in the park at that time you, you were, were there, there to applaud yeah you were well that and you were there to applaud all those who walked right right and it, mm-hmm. it was really good to see um you know I, i'm very pessimistic so my uh, and you know i guess view on like seeing certain things i'm always kind of like eh, being the skeptic about it but it was very good to see like People, you know, especially white people and, you know, white people at a glance, you look at them like, oh, no, nah, that person's MAGA. But instead they got a sign. It's just like all cops are bad. I'm like, OK, you know, people are out here or more people are understanding the message or more people understand like what they're here for. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so it was very good because the message that they were preaching that day was less about cops were bad. It was still about that, but it was more of literally, okay, black lives matter in the sense that like, listen, we need educational reform. We need this. We need to vote these people out. We need to do X, Y, and Z. So it was very important that that happened in a space in an area that's not black, that's not predominantly black. So seeing that in a not predominantly black situation took me for surprise because I wasn't expecting for that. And so I was a little skeptical because I saw some people um, looked like they were a little bit disinterested. Um, Baruti would let me know like, hey, you know, these people do need to see this. So I, you know, I, I guess I expected something else, but it was very important that even if those people were necessarily not comfortable with it, they needed to see or they needed to hear what these people were saying. And, you know, mm-hmm. these people, you know, basically holding them accountable as well. So that was my takeaway from it. Um, what about you? Yeah, I know, like, at first you were not happy about, like, seeing, like, that many white people there. But uh, I think it was really important for it to be predominantly white in that setting because the way it was organized, they had a lot of um, really powerful speakers. They, they, who did they have? They had, like, a mayor from uh, Mount uh, Vernon Bronx. Yes, yes. They had a, um, the first black mayor in Mount Vernon Bronx. He was there. They had um, an original Black Panther speak. Yes, they, d- they did. We were there for like I don't know ten speakers, but yeah. I, that was that's the best environment for white people and non people of color to learn right now because it's not social media where you could just skip past an Instagram story or scroll by a tweet. You're there and you have to listen and you're able to educate yourself. Hopefully, everyone there was like listening and really trying to comprehend it. But mm-hmm. I, I I'm happy that we were able to be present for that and to hear everyone speak. Yeah, wow. but yeah, no, I think it was important experience for us. But what about you guys? So you guys went to pro, uh, the Staten Island protest. How? What did y'all think of that? Um. Yeah, I mean the Staten Island protest was pretty amazing. I, I mean, I'll lead the way on this one, babe. But the 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 idea of just the being able to amass such an amount of let's say like divert diversity. You know what I mean? Just in a massive amount of diverse groups of people. It, it just really took me aback. Like, you know, a lot of people say that they're really about the culture or they're really about, you know, equality or they're really about, you know, not seeing their black brothers and sisters struggle through a, a certain moment in time. And, you know, you 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 take yourself aback to the different moments of time, whether it's like the hippie movement or the Vietnam War or even like way back to a lot of the segregation movements and the fights that went into that. and the, the fights for equality and, and racism and things of that nature, it's just kind of like, like, wow, to really see other people that are not of color, like really show up and support you. It really had me taken aback. That's the number one thing, at least that I could say that I took from that Staten Island protest. Like, wow, like, wow, there's people at least that don't look like me that are really feeling for what I'm feeling. Like, I'm not going to front, like, you know, there was a really moment, there was an iconic moment when we finally got to that 123rd, I don't want to skip too far ahead, so I'm just going to mention this briefly. But we got to the 123rd, and I'm looking over, and this this veteran is like a FDNY veteran. And I know the fire department and the NYPD, they don't really get to, along too well. And even, like, from what I remember my brother telling me, like, he works Oakland PD. He's an Oakland fire department. And, you know, I know when the cops show up on scene, it still can be static when, you know, they show up on scene and it's him. So to not get too far off the point, with the the person I saw at the protest today, I was shocked 
because he was a white man that looked at least to be in his 70s, bro, that was there with his kids and his wife protesting for black lives. And then I saw Dallas to my left talking about, oh, this girl was in my class. And I'm looking at her sign, you know, Hassan says, oh, racism is small dick energy. You know, I'm laughing at that shit. But she's like, oh, yeah. That, you know, she's like, oh, yo, that girl's in my class. And I'm like, yo, wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? That shit makes me feel good. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I see just other people that are are visibly white that we knew. You know what I'm saying? That, that we knew we went to high school with. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I know this person. He's not black. Like, you didn't grow up in the hood, dude. Or you, she's not from the hood. But I know you to be a non um, person, a non-black person that is sticking up for black rights and people rights of humanity because that's what it is. Like I feel like a lot of people don't ever realize that, but that is real realistically what we are sticking up for. It's the rights to humanity. Mm-hmm. The, we're talking about black people not being treated as humans, and that's why we're all outside during COVID nineteen, all risking coronavirus because we all understand that this shit is very important. Not allowing the system to take over is important. Not allowing supremacy to stand in this world is important. So when I see that dude, when I see him in his 70s and you an FDNY veteran and you supporting the same shit that I'm at 26 years old now, out here in the streets fighting for. And I see, you know, my brethren to my right, he's 23 or he's 22. And his sister to my right, she's 23, she's 22. And, um, you know, she's out here supporting. That shit was just truly incredible. You know, it really, really... um blew my mind and um you know actually you guys uh, I, I don't know I think it was actually you justice you said um not I don't know if you said these exact words but you hit on this notion but the idea of seeing protests in uncomfortable scenarios the importance of it seeing people protest in neighborhoods that you just wouldn't see the protests in yeah you know I'm not even a guy that's big on protests bro like I'm not even big on the idea of protests but when you watch that shit happen and you just kind of in the moment, you just soaking it in like, yo, I'm making history right now. Not only am I making history, but look at all these people coming outside their house right now. They all recording us. They all looking at us. You know, whether or not they support us. Are you going to hand us the water bottles like some of the ladies? Or are you going to be the ones that's just pulling out the phone? Like, look at these zoo animals just making noise in our neighborhood. But the the, the fact that you're able to put yourself in those situations, the importance is mind-blowing. Till yeah. today... Mm-hmm. Till, till to this moment, till today, before we left today, I'm thinking it's like one o'clock. I'm finally looking shit up because, you know, black people, unfortunately, we're apologetically late. We love being late to the situation. Yeah, you already know what time it is. Like, we love being apologetically late to the situation. So I'm like one o'clock. I'm looking up the situation. All right. If this shit goes left, where am I parking? Where am I getting out at? You know, creating the master escape plan. So I'm starting to look through the neighborhoods and I'm you know, seeing some of these neighborhoods, and I'm like, man, like, these are really white affluent neighborhoods that, I'll be honest with you, you hear this term, Tyville High School, I never would have thought this shit existed if I did not look it up till this moment. Shy graduated from Tyville High School. I don't want to, like, reveal too much information about but she graduated from Tyville High School, and when I went to her graduation, we was in that area that's the furthest I've ever been into Tottenville. I, I don't know if you... What's the what's that avenue? What's Tottenville on, baby? Uh, it's on Luton. On Luton. So Tottenville's on Luton Avenue. Highland and Luton. So we on Highland and Luton. I'm passing this area, and I'm looking on the maps, let's say, because this is the recon stage. We still recon, and I'm looking <laughs> on Highland and Luton. <laughs> I'm on Highland and Luton checking it out, and this shit is saying... 
I'm I'm looking at, at a whole nother cluster of street names and blocks and and and, and, and facilities and different things on Google Maps because that shit is really like you you can really canvas the earth on that motherfucker. So I'm looking at that shit, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, there's truly a cluster of homes, facilities, businesses, entities on that corner of the island that is kind of like, dude, what? Like, that really existed? You know, you hear the notion of North Shore and South Shore. South, yo, Tottenville is more than Tottenville High School, bro. Tottenville is its own community. And that shit really had me taken aback when you hear about the South Shore Conference House. South Shore Conference House is not by Tottenville High School, my G. It's, it's a few blocks. Like, I'm talking at least 10 to 20 blocks past Tottenville High School. That's my, that should speak miles because it just shows you that, yo, they really was living in their own community. They don't see yeah. black people, bro. That's yeah. not something they yeah. see on a very day-to-day. And I don't even want to bring up this girl's name, but we were talking about her in high school. I, I'll never forget this girl that she said to us, and I, I don't know if you will remember this, Justice, but she said it was the first time she came to America, because I don't want to tell her this, but she oh, said the first time. She never saw a black person until she hit the airport, bro. Son, like, that shit is incredible, wow. and you kind of can understand how that comes about. You can understand. You truly can understand. And I just feel like, man, like, you know, I don't want to go too long on it because I know uh, wifey, she want to get in on it. She's looking at me right now at the side. She's like, oh, look at him. He's just talking his ass. <laughs> but, you know, it's truly the truth of the situation. It's just like, wow, like when you really start to really like just take it in for a moment. And that's the third point I had, at least just from the podcast, the immersiveness of really immersing yourself in the situation. I'm a part of history. There's helicopters over. Over 23rd, a precinct that I didn't know existed until this week. I didn't know there was a main street in oh, Tottenville. It is out there. Oh, damn. Yeah, there's, shit, there's really shit going on, and this it just shows that there's so much information that needs to be fed around and passed around, um, not only to us as a, a, a community of color, but just we all need to do the education. We all need to do the work and put in the time to truly become who we feel like we need to become or this idea of the ut- the utopia that's just not going to come for free. Yeah. Uh, MLK didn't fight for the utopia. He started mm-hmm. the work. Yeah. Malcolm X didn't start fight for the utopia. He started the work. All the the black creators and the black inventors, the black entertainers, all the important people that we know through history or at least it's whitewashed to us through history that they, they didn't they didn't create the perfect situation. We're not in the end game. We, 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 we're really in the starting stages and we need to we take it mm-hmm. forward. We need to pick up the baton. We need to take it forward and we need to fight. We need to be in the streets, whether that's rioting, whether that's protesting, whether that, that's making our white friends uncomfortable, whether mm-hmm. that's making our white neighbors uncomfortable, having conversations with people you ain't never thought you was going to have conversations with. Like that shit is, is, is all within us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, like last part is that when the people were speaking, a lot of them were, were bringing up the notion of not being big enough. And even in Star Wars, we recently watched that last Jedi, the last Skywalker, or whatever. It's trash ass movie, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that movie was trash, but you know they bring up the notion of, you know, when uh, I forgot who was when brother was asking, um, man's I, I don't even remember, but you know, black 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 translation. But you know, when brother was asking man's about the fucking. <laughs> The fucking uh the 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 war strategies, whether or not, like, yo, how did you know, like, how did you guys know what to do? Or like, how did y'all destroy the first Death Star? How did y'all fight against the Empire? 
how did y'all strike back? Like, how did y'all really know, like, this is how we needed to, to move accordingly to defeat something that was that much bigger than yourself? And the idea is, is nah, it's, it, it's not the notion of you just have the, the answers. You don't have the answers. It is sometimes a day-by-day thing. It is the hood nigga that you knew at Port Richmond. And, I, you know, I don't want to be too vocal, but it's, it's the hood dude that you knew at, at Port Richmond that didn't really have nothing going on. But guess what? He saw George Floyd be suffocated for eight minutes, and that shit changed his life. Yeah. That shit made him want to just change how he wanted his gr- daughter to grow up or his son to grow up, how he wanted to grow up every single day in, day out, and see his neighborhood's police. The other kids, not even about his daughter or his son, but the kids that grow up in the neighborhood around him. That's what change he wanted that day from seeing that video. And I support that. I'm 100% behind that. That's what today showed me. And honestly, I need to make my my, my point proven and my change heard. And I need to do that too. And I'm going to do my best that I can to make sure that I'm contributing. But yeah, that, that those are the things that definitely stuck out, man. The immersiveness, um, you know, just seeing the, the, the protests um, in those uncomfortable situations, the importance of it. And I don't even know what the third one is, but I remember I said that shit. Y'all heard it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let Wifey go. Go ahead, baby. You know what? What kind of stuck out to you, at least at the part uh, the protest today? You know what really was blowing your mind, at least at what you saw. Um, I definitely agree with seeing. It, it did shock me when I saw a bunch of old white people walking with us, old white people with their kids, like, and these are looking like grandparents, and I'm like, you know. It, it actually touches me when I see older generations, but it also touches me in a different way when I see like the younger generations too. So like when I see like five or six year olds or we even today, we passed like this kid, he couldn't be more than like 10. And I think he lived in the neighborhood. And, you know, for anybody that doesn't know Staten Island and the South Shore, like kind of what Tenny was touching on, like you might go a couple of blocks and not see one black person not even see one Latino person, you know, you really just seeing straight up white people. And, you know, it it touched me in a different way when I saw like this 10 year old kid, like recording us and like, he, you know, he had his fist up. He was, he was, he was cheering us on and it's like, yo, that's who we're doing it for. Like, you know, we're still young, you know, we're still like 25, 26. So yeah, we still got a long way to go, but we trying to be out here so that, Hopefully, when our kids are born, like, there's something that's changed. And, you know, this whole week, like I was saying before, it's just been a roller coaster. With the talks about specifically the Staten Island protests, um, it, you know, a lot of hate from our borough was brought out. And it's stuff that you knew about because, you know, Staten Island, I just feel like you think about it, you know, it's the Republican the Republican borough, you know, there's a lot of white people, mm-hmm. so you know, there's a lot of secret hate, but mm-hmm. yo, the ugly was really brought out this week. And even, uh, you know, I knew as of last week, when I first started seeing rumors about the South shore, I was like, yeah, that's where we need to be. We need to continuously apply the pressure. Kind of like what, you know, Ruthie said about um, going to Washington square park, or even like what Tenny touched upon. It's, you need to make these people feel uncomfortable because they need to realize it's not right that you get to live comfortably in your little glass bubble while other people are out there dying. And then mm-hmm. you have the audacity to sit in front on your comfy ass couch watching that shit on TV and have the audacity to say, 
oh no, all lives matter. No, you're sitting at home watching the black man die on TV. Mm-hmm. We're seeing, we're seeing our family, we're seeing our friends consistently come back to us telling us stories about harassment or just mistreatment. You know, you shouldn't have to like hear when Tenny comes home from like stores and whatever his uncomfortable situations, and that shit hurts me. So when people say like I've seen a bunch of people on Staten Island um, talk about oh what's white privilege oh they're stupid ass shit like where even our neighbors were circulating stories about oh they're gonna come back at night and come after the white privilege bitch mm-hmm. do you even know what that means <laughs> like are you just like when, what what is white privilege to you and why do you take it as oh it, it it's something that we're pinning on you no ask yourself well what is that I've never heard that before I've even um this past week had conversations with my boss who you know she's I'm not gonna say where I work or anything but (laughs) she's a white woman she's an affluent white woman so she got money she lives in a nice house and she's admittedly she admitted to me she doesn't understand because you know she sits in her naive world where she ignores shit and it's like that you have to understand that itself is a privilege so fast going back to Staten Island, just I've seen a lot of hate. Even, you know, when I decided to come today, I was a little nervous with us heading over there because last minute we found out the people that were organizing the one the protest that happened on Friday, where it was kind of like police, I guess they were like in involved with the police, at least telling them, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Yeah we found out it was kind of just somebody else organizing it. And we had people, we had the white people of the South shore a couple of days prior saying that, Oh, we're going to be locked and loaded. That yeah, that's a problem. That. Mm-hmm. That's that. a big ass problem. You know, the fact that when you hear black people are coming to your neighborhood, you go get your guns. Yo, ask yourself why. Incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's a problem in itself with Staten Island that, Tenny has never seen that side of 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 the Staten Island, and you want to know why? It's because he probably would feel uncomfortable going there. I've only been there once, and feel uncomfortable going there. And that's you know just me being a light skinned girl. Like I just feel weird because you know I'm fucking not white. So <laughs> like yo, we all live on this borough. I should be comfortable going to that side of the borough, this side, they're here. I should be comfortable. Tenny should be comfortable. Like, it doesn't fucking matter who goes there. So it's just been a whirlwind. I think I lived on Staten Island for 23 years of my life, and I probably went to the South Shore, like, less than five times, honestly. (laughs) And honestly, it was probably what? Did you go to Roller Jam? Because that's where uh, I went. Well, I played ball for Wagner. So I th- those times oh. were when I went to Tottenville to play your whack-ass team. I'll get it. <laughs> oh, it's all right. They could be whack. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and sometimes, like, I would go to that plaza, like, the, the Christmas tree store. That's South Shore, right? Oh, where the Target, I think, is now. Yeah. Think. Yeah, I've been there, like, a few times. But that's really, yeah. that's it. Like, I never go there. There's no reason to go there. <laughs> it's it just... I don't know. It's fucking crazy. The whole, you know, just the stories that I saw circulating amongst the white people that they were sending yeah. out. It was just, it was so hateful. It was really hurtful that they think about their, technically, I mean, we're 
all like in the fa- in the face of looking at a borough, we're all at the end of the day like neighbors. Did so you? So it's kind of like, yo, you just think about the, just because the person lives fifteen minutes away from you, all of a sudden they're animals, they're this, they're that. You know, I even was kind of annoyed just seeing some of the people outside recording on their phones today, like mm-hmm. standing on their porch mm-hmm. again from the comfort to be a spectator mm-hmm. instead of actually going out, you know, hey, maybe you don't agree, but why don't you go out and speak to people and see if maybe you can see that side, but they don't want to. They just want to continue to live in their bubble. Yeah. So I was going to ask, are, did you find like any of those people that are so loud on Staten Island Live's website? Like, not a, not no. a person. Not quite. They today, all right? Twitter fingers. Yeah, Twitter fingers. They were all Facebook warriors. And that was the number one thing that I feel like I, re- I recognize. Honestly, because I'm not going to lie, you know what? I got the the biggest notions of racism that I felt at that, that vibe, at that event, was realistically when we were leaving. I felt a lot of people, yo, are they done down there? Yeah. What's going on? A lot of the people that were spectating but too close to get near it, those were the people that you got to worry about the most. The cowards, the people that were cowering in fear, running from the sight of armies marching through their streets, the fear of the next generation of Staten Island that they know for sure is taking over that island. Those are the people that, unfortunately, that you know were the racist ones. The Twitter fingers. Yo, we we marching up in arms to defend our streets. Yo, there wasn't a single motherfucker in those streets. Shut up. Shut the hell up. None of y'all are doing nothing because at the end of the day, one, we're peaceful as fuck. There was nothing, anything violent. Nobody even wants violence, bro. The only violent motherfuckers in our society are the police, are the military, are a lot of you white people. To be all straight up transparent, let's mm-hmm. just keep it a buck. Let's mm-hmm. keep it a buck. Let's keep it a bean. Black people, if you are going to even say anything about black on black violence, man, the only thing they beeping about is Get the fuck out money, bro. Get out they my beefing team. about money. Real shit. They're not beefing about, they're not violence. They're not doing violence over some dumb shit. They're beefing about money like everybody else in the world. When, mili- when when the U.S. is sending m- fucking the U.S. Army to invade Iraq for fucking oil, that's for money. They're doing the same shit and the same reasons y'all doing it. So whatever the, the fuck y'all reason or whatever y'all feel like it, it's v- validity or va- like just making it valid for y'all to act the way you act, it's the same shit that we do. It's not that black people are just killing black people to kill black people. Nah, we we do. They do it for whatever reasons they feel is valid. The same way when white cops, y'all feel like it's valid, but it's not. It's bullshit. Period. It's bullshit. When y'all kill people of color, when y'all are choosing to enact reasons of using violence. Uh, uh, what's this video I seen today? I think his name was Frank Hernandez. When you're beating on a dude because you couldn't have your way with him or you couldn't overpower him, you just start sending seventeen fucking. Uh, haymakers unanswered is because you're frustrated with the fact that your authority isn't being fucking coward to or your authority isn't being subjected to. Like, we're not sitting here like, oh my God, you know, your, your, your authority or your, 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 your police officer, I got a coward and fear. That, that's what we're tired of. We, the next generation of Staten Island is tired of that. We're not going to cower in the fear to, oh, in these nice ass neighborhoods, and I'll give them their credit. They got some fucking phenomenal neighborhoods. Down and I'll there. tell you why, because Staten Island is a goddamn microcosm of the United States. If you exactly if you look at Staten Island, it is probably one of the most like racially divided counties in the United States because oh of, the, of the, 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 the amount of white people that have lived there for a certain amount of time. 
and in the 60s had to watch as the Verrazano get built and be afraid that the Negroes were going to come over and suddenly start taking their land. And you see mm-hmm. why South Shore is is the way it is, is because these real estate developers were pushing black people to the, the, the spots that they didn't want. Mm-hmm. And that's why... That's why you have a massive amount of asthma going up on the North Shore. Because if you look at the North Shore, guess what the fuck it's facing? The factories. You damn sure. Oh, factories <laughs> sitting right next to Elizabeth in Newark, New Jersey. You damn skippy that those white people were trying their hardest to avoid those areas. And that's why they're at the tip of the South Shore, undisturbed. And the only way you can get there is through basically your own means, through cars. If you take a bus, it's going to take like an hour and some change. So white people, they have, you know, uh, we look at it oh, in, in fact right now. We call it white flight. You know, it, that's that's how, how white people, you know, uh, minorities moved into the inner cities. And guess what they did? They made the suburbs, right? White mm. people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These are too many colors in my area. And they started to push themselves out. city colors. So they, they push out. And right now we have the inverse of that of where they're trying to move back in and reintegrate. And I guess what? If that minority level jumps, they're going to do the same thing, move back out to the suburbs. So that's why the South Shore is the way it is, because they see that. They're like, oh, the, the Negroes are starting to take over the top. We need to keep moving. They're moving. And you see, you see, I, I see a lot of people, um, more often white people than people of color. But I see a lot of white people, they do this thing, especially a lot of Italians, because a, a lot of Italians really were in that Bay Ridge and Bensonhurst area for a long time. Um, go from that area, move to Staten Island, mm-hmm. stay on Staten Island for 10, maybe 20 years, and then move to Jersey. They just transition over. They just keep moving away and away. And they, you can... you can such a path. Yep. You can look at the, the 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 makeup of Staten Island and you see that's people are trying to move and distance themselves farther and farther away. And um, I'm going to speak on this and then I want to ask you guys a question um, to, to all three of you because I'm the only one that's not from Staten Island. And so I, I just want to speak to my uh, uh, part about that and then ask you guys how how it was growing up on Staten Island as um well, for for uh, Ruthie being like a, a non-black person of color, but also white passing, but I'm sure she did. I mean, face I'm half white. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I said. Um, <laughs> but also, so, but for me, like, it honestly was a, a, a wild shock to to see Staten Island for the first time. Like, my dad's always been there, but like going to high school there was like the first moment where I'm like, okay, I'm interacting with people of Staten Island. And it was just the craziest thing because um, it felt like, Every stereotype existed there. Like it was the wildest thing of like seeing like I've never seen like emboldened racism until I was on Satin Island. Like to the point where it's like I, I just never understood. Like I, I always read it in history books and I've, you know, I've had passing comments and so on and so forth. But to see it to that extent and especially from, you know, the kids, at least in Port Richmond, it was just hilarious because Port Richmond was a predominantly colored school. And so you see these white people here, they're going to this school and they're trying to integrate or do whatever. And they're, you know, they're trying to make themselves, you know, like the <laughs> like the people of color only to then, you know, if they uh, they have a problem with them, suddenly they're fucking slinging the hard R around like it's nobody's business. And you see like this strange dichotomy of where you see the the, the rest of the world follows, you know, you're abusing black culture and you're you're sucking away everything that black people have made you're using it for your own benefit but you don't like the people associated with it and so i just want to know from you guys um as you know a dark-skinned black man a uh, a, a light-skinned black woman and latino woman and a non-black person of color and white person how were your guys experiences growing up on staten island 
I'll let ladies go first. Right, I'll go first. Uh, so I grew up uh, in Castleton Corners. I lived on a predominantly white block for like all 23 years of my life. And honestly, the schools I went to were diverse. Uh, elementary school, I went to a public school. I went to IS-27, which is in the West, West Brighton. Uh, <laughs> then I went to Wagner, which I don't know. I feel like everyone knows it to be like the most diverse high school. I could be wrong. When I was going to Wagner, that's what everyone would say. It's probably because it's in like the middle of the island, right? So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but just like touching yeah. on the article. Well, yeah, you were pretty much citing that article from SI Live that was uh, published this week. And I'm seeing a new form of it in North Shore as well, though, because I don't know if you guys are familiar with Westerly, but that's like the neighbor, yeah. that's the neighboring like area to where I grew up. And you're seeing like just drive by drive through Westerly and you'll see all signs on their lawn saying Westerly strong, uh, not selling my house. And you could tell like, it's basically saying, Oh, keep Westerly white. So it's just crazy to see like a new form of this arising in these times. I don't know. I just, I just always felt mad, uncomfortable just driving through. Westerly. Well, did you have uh, but what about like experiences growing up? Did you do, did you have any particular, like, did you face basically like, did you face racism growing up? Like, how how did it, you know? Th yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> okay, so, uh, good question. When Justice and I started talking, like, he asked me that, like, did you ever face racism? And honestly, like, I guess, like, in order to make friendships work, I kind of erased it. Like, I repressed those memories. But I do remember, like, having friends, like, make fun of my eyes because I'm half Asian, and they would make fun of my eyes or the way my mom's accent was, and... I mean, I never got bullied physically, but just like comments like that. And I would like look at myself in the mirror and I would wear eyeliner. Yo. When I played basketball, I would still have eyeliner on to make my eyes bigger. And I just, it's so weird how our memories are repressed and we take into account what people say to us. But yeah, that was just, it wasn't anything major, but that shit definitely stuck with me. And I guess it still sticks with me today, how I view myself when I look in the mirror. Um, as for me, so I definitely feel like I've had my share of experiences in Staten Island. So kind of a little background. When I initially moved to Staten Island, um, it was I was in second grade and I moved to the North Shore. So I was in Graniteville. Oh, sure. um, Graniteville is pretty diverse. It's pretty much in the area of Port Richmond, 51, all of the like, you know, so I had black neighbors, I had Latino neighbors, I had white neighbors. I, it was the suburbs, but you still saw other colors. Um, fast forward to sixth grade, uh, we moved to uh, the Grasmere Old Town area and my dad for middle school. So mind you, as soon as I left my elementary school where I had all my friends and you know I had my set relationships, my dad put me in IS2. And IS2 is all white. It's pretty much Midland Ave, Midshore, Staten Island. And, you know, while all my friends went to IS51, I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to this school. And my very first day there, I realized, holy shit, don't see anybody but white people here. <laughs> and... It was also in, um, I forgot what they called it, but it was pretty much in honors. So it was definitely the only 
person of color, except I think, uh, except I had like an Indian girl in my class. So me and her were the only two people that were not white in, in all of my honors classes. So when I went there, I felt immediately uncomfortable. I had nobody to kind of relate with. It was just white people. And I found myself trying to fit in because it's like when you're in those environments and you feel like such an outcast, you're like, holy shit, what do I do to, to make myself kind of be able to be friends with these people? And, you know, I stuck with like the nerdy girls of the class. Um, and I just found whatever I could relate with them. I couldn't relate with them on much because they didn't like the music I liked. They didn't like the movies I liked. They didn't like the TV shows I liked. But I found, you know, I found to relate with them. Um, I ended up where I got, I had like a semi-decent little clique of little white girls that I was friends with. And fast forward to like seventh, eighth grade. Um, I still have my my other friends, which are like my black friends, my 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 Latin friends. So I get to speak with them on the phone, and I'm like, okay, I, I have them to at least relate with after school. And then I would go back to school, and it would just be like the reminder: of, holy shit, I fucking hate it here. And I remember being called the big fat black girl wow. a bunch of times big ugly fat black girl a bunch of times in seventh grade uh when I was in the eighth well actually no when I was in seventh grade my f- so-called white friends I was just talking to about I remember I started dating Tenny and they were like oh show us a picture of him you know and because he wasn't a white boy oh he was immediately ugly and that shit makes you feel like yo what is wrong with me like you don't think that so like why do you think that yeah. <laughs> brother those people <laughs> like, so i went through that like all of middle school like it, it was i was known for being you know the 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 crazy black girl because honestly back then the only thing i felt like i could do for myself would to be like to use my hands. So like when when I'm speaking to like being called the big fat ugly black girl, like those were men calling me that. So like fuck out of here, you're not calling me that. I'm gonna smack the shit out of you. So like yeah. in fact, yo, she, 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 she ain't even dropped this gem, but yo, she's from Brooklyn. She's from Brooklyn, bro. You ain't gonna talk to her crazy. Right. So like when men are when men are like, no, I'm gonna use my hands and you know, I'm gonna punch the shit out of you when you're calling me names. And, you know, I'm being like, I guess, on the cleaner side of what used to be said to me, because, you know, the N word got thrown around a bunch of times. They don't care. Like, Mm-mm, they do not. Uh, it, it, it was just crazy. And then right after that, things didn't get better because I went to Tottenville and Tottenville again, full of white people. Mm-hmm. Luckily, in Tottenville, they recruit all of their athletes from from. Uh, Park Hill, so you still, you get to see some black people, so those are the people you end up associating with, because you're like, okay, you look like me, I can vibe with you, and we become a clique in Tottenville, known as the minorities, you know, all the black people, yo, in my ninth, in ninth grade, one of my friends, she got, I don't, she got, like, hit, or kind of, like, roughed up in the hallway by, by some white kids, and yo, the whole 
community of black people were ready to fight the whole school because of that. Because they were like, nah, fuck out of here. We protect our own. Mm. So it's just, honestly, on Staten Island, I've never had the best experience or the best impression from the white people that live here. They don't, like, they've never given me the idea that they want diversity. They Because they don't. They want to sit they want to see their white neighbors. They want to keep everything white here. Mm-hmm. And yo, Staten Island fucking sucks. That's really it. So I I'm happy think- when I see these protests because it's like, yo, let's keep going to the South Shore. Apply the fucking pressure because yeah. I'm tired of them being able to watch us on TV. They need to see us in real life and understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. No, that's facts. That's, that's facts. facts. I wonder if that contributes to the fact that like, People on Staten Island don't like to leave Staten Island. Facts. They, they don't like to leave the shit. And I just would be like, what are you talking about? You have the greatest city on earth, a, a ferry ride, or you drive to the shit. Like, why the fuck do you want to stay on this island? And people I'm don't want to you, bro. I, I and the number one that. statement you will always get from those people is, oh, it's ghetto. They're ghetto there. They're doing this or it's this type of thing. It's because of that shit that she's talking about, bro. It's because they all have this perception that's created on that South Shore. This pristine, it's clean, it's yeah. white. It's suburb. It's suburban. It's 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 a it's a fucked up situation, man. It really is. They like that. And, um, they like their gated communities where they could go to shit and they don't got to worry about seeing anybody else but white people. Yeah. And the crazy yeah. thing is, like, I, I feel like at this point, it's damn near almost in, like, white people's implicit nature to just find a way to be superior. Because when it's just white people, guess what's the next fucking form of superiority? It's going to be about your money. It's going to mm. be like, oh, oh, you don't make as much money? Oh, yo, oh, this guy has a, a E-class? Well, I got my S-class. Mercedes. Yeah. It's suddenly like that this shit turns because you see the shit. You know, you see how affluent whites look at poor whites. They don't look at them the same way they look at black people, but you see that it's like all of a sudden they just still try to find another way to one up. And I'm like, God damn, y'all can y'all don't even have no solidarity with anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's disgusting, man. And that's unfortunately, you know, the truth with with America, at least in that regard. And I mean, you know, I guess what when you continue that into my part, I mean you know, growing up on Staten Island, like, it's just been, I don't know, it's just a whirlwind. You know, for me, like, I always take it a little bit different than everybody else, or at least I look at it a little bit different from everybody else, because you consider the notion that, you know, I'm not only a black person in America, but I'm always an African in America. And it was a very different experience growing up when you consider from the young age, I'm first generation here. You know, I had elder siblings here to at least be able to guide me somewhat and, you know, look after me somewhat. They pretty much raised me somewhat to be entirely transparent. But, you know, when you have your older siblings in a, in, in that regard and at least they're able to guide you, it, it helps somewhat. But, man, is, is it rough, you know, because from, from that African standpoint, I guess I will speak to that being first. The African standpoint, not only are you experiencing racism from the whites, sometimes you're going to experience racism from within from within the diaspora, from within Black Americans. And it's just from the simple fact that you are different. You know what I mean? You're really different. And unfortunately, I think, looking back now, you know what I mean? I don't even blame Black people. I don't blame us. That comes from what we learn. The notion of violence, when you hear the people speaking about rioting, speak about protesting, speaking about the notion of violence being learned from white people, that is a fact. That is something that we picked up from history. That's from time. 
violence is something that's used, unfortunately, to bring about change. It's to bring about dramatic change, unfortunately. That's usually the thing that they resort to as a last measurement when peaceful protesting. That's a that's the sign of someone in distress, someone that, unfortunately, uh, 100% isn't thinking like with humanity, unfortunately, like everyone's humanity in the best, it is their humanity in the best interest because their humanity is being directly challenged. Their ability to survive day to day is being directly challenged. Unfortunately, what happens when, when, um, um, you know, some like some of these idiots or these criminals decide to go rob the grocery store or, or some stupid things like that. You fi- find out sometimes they were in distressful situations. They weren't thinking 100% the right way. So that's truly just a sign, unfortunately, that we learn from white people. And I'm not saying it's right. The reason why I'm saying this is because I'm not saying that it's necessarily right. It's some shit that we learn from them. That don't mean it's right. We, but we're using it as a means to get our message across. This is what y'all motherfuckers understand. You know what I'm saying? So when you speak to that, you speak to the fact that as an African, you know, we're we're receiving this abuse from black people that they learn from white people. You know, you really, you, you, you know, you take that on the chin to then receive racism and, and, and um, prejudice and, you know, stereotyping from white people. Like it's, it's tough. Like, you know, you really grow up in a different situation where you get a very, very nasty view of Staten Island. You get a very, very nasty view of like, yo, this is, this motherfucker is just, a, it's a war zone. It's truly a war zone for, you know, not only, you know, your right as a, as a human being to your, your neighborhood, you know, you got to prove your worth almost in America. That's what it feels like. You got to prove your worth or you don't mean anything. You don't mean shit. And, you don't mean shit. And that shit is the the toughest thing about being a citizen in America. It's like, yo, if you don't prove your worth, you're truly somebody that's just a blimp. You know, realistically, we're all just blimps in a in a, a, a universe or a solar system or, you know, this black matter that we just don't understand. We're all that that figure in space, realistically. But, you know, on the the the, the scale of Earth. You know, that is what that truly ends up making you feel like. You know what I mean? A lot of these societal pressures, but specifically racism, that shit will make you feel like, yo, you need to prove yourself or you don't mean anything. And, you know, it, it it's it's so terrible. You know, it's so, so terrible. It's so, so terrible when you think about the neighborhoods. You know, you think about, you know, the things that are said about, you know, you, you know your people being able to speak languages and the shit that's said about what Africans used to speak and... You know, the notion that black people can't be educated and, you know, you carry a lot of these things into college. So, when you know, you get your first job, you know, they're talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe you're spewing the knowledge that you're talking about. Or, you know, you take that into, you know, like, I, I don't even know college. You know, you go, not college, uh, post-college, you try to go get your first car. They're talking about, oh, how much money you're putting down. I'm telling you, if you're not even putting this, then you can't even be in here. Like, what do you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you start to hear these things and you start to see, you know, society, it's like, you know, one day you're a kid and then one day you just start to truly experience and see the world. It's like one day the world is like, oh, that's not just some cute little black kid that needs the AIDS of America. This is all some black terrorist. If you're a person of color or if you're black, you have to grow up faster. It's just, you're just, you have to learn shit that white people can go 30, 40 years without even fucking dipping their toe into that shit. Look at this motherfucker, Drew Bees. You can spew ignorance. 
You can spew ignorance and 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 burn, get burned from it, and then be like, "Oh my bad, I I never knew what it's like to be in a the shoes of a black man." I wish yeah. as a black man you could say, "I never knew what it could be in the shoes of somebody to just be wrong." You can make a mistake as a black man and end up in jail for life. That's the real. Oh, re, end up in jail. I'm being nice. You can end up dead as a black man. And it, it doesn't That's even a terrifying fact. You could do what you thought was right, but the other person interprets it as some shit else, and now you dead. That's crazy. Why? You, you remember? Oh my god! I mean, we, there's I could bring up like a thousand examples, but just the. I, I mean, obviously we know that's privilege, but just the the being able to afford to not learn shit for mm. however long you want to, basically. There's no pressure on society for white people to learn a fucking thing about race, about uh, uh, economics to a degree, about, you know, basic, basically social safety nets. Because white people have, white supremacy is white people's social safety net. Oh, John Johnson? Oh, you're white? You're good. You're good. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it. You can get stopped by the cops, this, that, and the third. You can fucking walk around on the street. You can wear a hoodie with glasses. Nobody's going to fucking be suspicious of you worth a damn. I might be because I'm going to be like, yo, I don't know if my man's about to start shooting at people, but <laughs> the majority of America, <laughs> you can do anything you want to for the most part and be totally fine. And even if you do some shit that's terrible, I guarantee you're going to get that much lesser of a sentence than a black person or a person of color. Look at my man's, uh, uh, babe, you retweeted that shit. The fucking teacher that raped or molested like 28 yeah. kids and he's getting eight years in jail meanwhile uh, the kid who was protesting in ferguson got eight years in jail yeah for lighting a trash can on fire me? for lighting a trash can on fire got eight years in prison and a teacher a, a white teacher molested 28 kids and is facing eight years. Are you kidding me? That's that's not even a, a, the the average amount of justice one year per for for a kid that you molested. Like the math does not fucking add up. But that's their social safety net. It doesn't matter how horrible of a person you are, you still are afforded a certain level of privilege. Mm -hmm. Dylan Roof got to shoot nine black people in a church. Think about and contemplate the morality of it, and still get Wendy's and still have the audacity to be like, "Hey, I'm kind of hungry. Can I get some Wendy's before I go?" Get off to jail, like that's, it's just. Yeah. That's what really Incredible. pissed me off this week, especially on um Blackout Tuesday, because I saw a lot of white people and non-black people of color that I follow, like just post that black square with a caption. They wouldn't even say like Black Lives Matter or anything. They just do the hashtag, and I feel like I never heard them. S I just know I know these people. I've talked to these people before. And I feel like they're just acknowledging that this is going on, but they don't truly understand what's going on right now, why Black people are mad. I feel like they're just acknowledging their like interpersonal, like their connections with Black people in their lives, but they're not acknowledging the structural and institutional racism in this country, like the racial disparities in the systems we have here. They're not doing the work. I just know that they think, oh, we're all equal. I treat Black people nice. I want white people to fucking learn right now. So I'm a, so keep talking. I just want to go right into it. So as you, as a as a white person, a non-black person of color, speak to what you are doing and what you feel like you could be doing more of, but also what people like you need to be doing. Like keep speaking on it. Just keep going. Keep going. I just want to make sure. Just keep going though. Okay, so to be honest, like you pretty much described me as a half Asian, half white woman. I honestly really didn't have that many white friends growing up, honestly. <laughs> like, 
all the pictures of my friends. I had a lot of uh, Asian friends, black friends, Latin friends. I only had like one white best friend really. But yet I still never really had conversations about race, unfortunately. And until I started dating Justice and, you know, us four are close, we hang out like every week, <laughs> except for the COVID. But just sitting in and listening to our discussions, it really helped me understand my white privilege and um, educate myself more. And I know it's not your guys' job to educate me. And that's why I appreciate you guys being comfortable enough to discuss these things with me in the room. And also it's important for me to also educate myself further. And even these like past two weeks alone, just all the resources being shared on social media, I definitely feel like I learned a lot more and I'm, I'm grateful for everyone sharing these resources. Um, I just want white people to take it a step further than social media, like do research, watch a documentary on Netflix. Um, that's free. Like if you have a Netflix subscription, it's free to just watch it. But if you do have resources right now, donate to black led organizations, donate to bail funds, um, support black businesses, buy a book to help educate yourself. I, mm. But I really think it starts like a great starting point is just educating yourself on your privilege and understanding the systemic racism that happens in this country. And also, mm -hmm. also um, researching on what you can do. Like, cause I know a lot of people who posted on blackout Tuesday, I know these people, when their family says racist things, they, they're silent. They don't say anything. So you're basically covertly racist by not speaking up and being in the room and letting that shit fly. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just, I want people to really understand what's going on here. It's not about equality. That we, that's like, we learned that in, when we were four years old, that we should all treat people equal. It's not about that. <laughs> take, it a state, uh, take it a step further. Like, come on. Don't be lazy here. <laughs> and that's yeah, I agree. Like, stop posting the picture with the hands. Oh, like, I don't want to see a white. Do. I don't want to see a white person and a black person shaking hands right now. That shit is a slap in the face. <laughs> honestly, like I'm embarrassing it. I can't imagine as a black person coming across that shit. That's just embarrassing, yo. That's just weird, yeah. bro. What the fuck it's is that? It's just weird. It's it's just strange. It's. It's just the optics, knowing what the optics can look like in a situation like this, and then then just choosing to do it is just like, oh no, nah, they'll know what I mean. Like, yeah. Like the same way Biden says some stupid shit, like if you have a problem knowing what's the difference between me and Trump, you ain't black. Like, bruh, like stop it. Stop it. It's not common sense to know your true motive, white man. It's just not. It's really not. <laughs> Common sense. It's not. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. Like, bro, me seeing you giving a pound to another black man or that arm picture, Drew Brees, does not tell me. Or even you donating to black communities, bro. That could be you getting a lot of money and feeling bad because you know you got to fucking mm -hmm. just donate to some charity and get a tax write off by the end yeah. of the year. Mm -hmm. That's what that shit looks like to me, Drew Brees. If if you want to really get my respect and my apologies. Take a fucking knee, since you can't do that. Since this shit is some mortal shit that all of a sudden, until Colin Kaepernick did it, this was a sign of respect in the military, is a sign of respect in any fucking sport that I've been involved in as a toddler growing up to a man. It, it don't matter. And anything men ego related to showing that you're this dominant male situation in basketball, football, soccer, in combat sports, in combat in general, 
taking a knee to a, a, a leader figure, whether it's the general, the lieutenant, the teacher, that has always been the thing. The coach, that is the thing. Yo, take a knee. When the, co- the football huddle calls in, take a knee. When the basketball team comes in, they'd be like, yo, take a knee or take a sit. Yo, everybody sit down. You know what I'm saying? That's always been a sign of respect. It's not necessarily about disrespect. What's disrespectful about me taking a knee? Like, you see how, and, and of course, you're right. It's it's not about the fucking need, but it's just how many white people are just that's all it takes just a, a teeny bit of uncomfortable or w- w- what are you doing that does not fit the status quo that we've established, and they fucking lose their minds. He he, yep. he, he knelt and he didn't kneel out of disrespect. The motherfucker, Colin Kaepernick, acts a goddamn veteran. What do you think I should do? He thought he was just going to sit or do something else. And the veteran was like, no, that what's uh, appropriate is kneeling. A veteran told him that shit. The same veterans that these white people like to say, well, think about the veterans, think about the shit. Oh, you're talking about the same veterans that they come home? And especially the black veterans that have come home and still are subjected to the same racism? That you don't, They don't get no fucking thank you for your service. They might want to get off the plane in the uniform. They take that uniform off. They back to being a regular black person subjected to the same mm-hmm. shit. And so uh, uh, I say that it's fucking super performative. And that goes to make my next point that right now we're in something that is so visible. When people say shit, take them at their fucking word. All right. When you see somebody that's either not saying something or saying something that's slightly racist, overtly racist, take that shit at face value. Meaning we're it's so visible that you see fucking black people in droves out on the street and people that agree with these sentiments out on the street protesting and having demonstrations about why this shit matters and you see people either ignoring it or saying shit to the contrary take them at that face value don't see mm-hmm. you know when they see some shit later posting some little fucking black square or some little two hands no nah, take them at their face value because they're they're being fucking racist and if we're out of time where basically it's beginning to become socially uh, uh, unacceptable again to be racist, and they're still being that way, take them at their face value. If it's your friends, if, if it's your family, because we're at a point now where it this isn't no, there's no fucking gray area. There's no gray area about this shit. It's fucking literally black or white. It is right or wrong. It is people fighting for their fucking humanity, for basic humanity. Basic, please stop treating us differently. Please stop shooting us at routine traffic lights. Please stop shooting us if I ask you for help. Please stop shooting us for for nothing, for nothing at all. And people are saying, ah, nah, keep keep doing that. Nah, keep shooting them. I don't agree with that. You continue to shoot them. So when you see that shit, it's 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 that black or white. So if you see somebody not with this shit, and there's fucking resources abound, and so. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear shit about, uh, well, to educate me. No, motherfucker, educate yourself. You got Google at your fingertips. I don't want to hear shit about, I don't know where to look. You can find some shit to look. People are, at this point, are retweeting so much information or Instagram story information. If you want it, you can go and fucking find it. It's so so if, at this point, ignorance about anything, or particularly in this, is willful. It, it means you don't want to learn. So if you find these people and they're not saying shit, it means they don't want to see the shit. They don't want to speak about it. They don't want to educate their family members. They don't want to educate themselves. Take these people at their face value because they're showing you their true fucking colors. And if you see some shit later, it's if you're a, a, a black person, you don't got to fucking forgive them. This shit ain't about fucking forgiveness. If I heard you say some racist shit and you're on the right side of history now, cool, congratulations. But that don't mean I got to fucking become your best friend now because you actually decided to grow a fucking consciousness and all of a sudden be like, wow, I guess black people deserve humanity. So 
you know, treat people the the way that they they have been showing them themselves. Yeah, you know, white people, That's please don't do this for thanks and praise. Like, mm-hmm. this is just fighting for basic human rights. Uh, this shit isn't about yeah. Like, yeah. Don't toot your own horn. That's yeah. real. Yeah, y'all speaking, of something, y'all speaking of something that I, I want to say something about, but I, I don't even know if we about to get into that. That bag can be another hour because, like, yo, seriously, the opportunism, like people that are doing things, whether it's just to do it or to to gain from it or to just, right. I don't know, what is your motive? The what is your motive? Is just this. The movement is for fucking this. It should not be for anything else. The movement is strictly. For one thing, and that is to protest against police brutality and racism at large and white supremacy mm-hmm. at large. If you are at a protest for any other fucking reason than that, please do not be there. Go the fuck home and act like you don't care because you really don't. You really don't. If you're using any of these things as an mm-hmm. opportunity for whatever else, you don't care. You don't care. You really don't. And I don't want to doing it for yourself. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I, man, that's, that's just one of those things that to me is because... You know, even like today, like, you know, we were at the protest and I'm not like, I'm, I'll say this much. I'll give y'all motherfuckers another week or two to just see. I want to see what everybody's truly about, whether or not before I start just calling some people out, just saying, yo, hey, like you're being opportunistic about this. You're not truly about this. You know, I see you Nate. you just taking photos, you know what I'm saying? Or you just there, you you posing for photos or you just there. You're not really for black lives. You don't have a plan. You don't have a strategy. You don't have an idea of what it is you're trying to Yeah, partake. like you definitely should not be using your your the sign you made for the protest to take a cute flick to post on in, your Instagram. Yep. I know you not. No. You, you shouldn't. Like, yo, I, I'm not thinking about a selfie when I'm at a protest. I'm not like, yo, get me right here. Yeah, like... I'm thinking about how many names that I got to yell to to make these motherfuckers in this neighborhood understand what I'm talking about. Or how many times I got to yell at this officer to make him understand what I'm talking about. I'm thinking about just, yo, what can I do to make myself heard? What kind of impact can I make sure that I'm leaving before I leave this protest today? Like, that's just my mindset. And I'm sorry, Cheyenne. My fault. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, like, I just feel like people need to realize, like, this is like a many, like it's a war on many fronts. So it's not just, you know, obviously you don't have to be in every lane for activism, but understand like you really have to stick with this. This is not just something that, you know, all right, I participated in a protest this week. You know, I'm, I'm good. good. I'm done. My hands are, I'm done. My, no, my donations are done for the I'm tax done. season. Mm-hmm. I'm a good white person. Yay me. No. <laughs> This shit yeah, has- you just. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, you probably were gonna stick to it. Like, no, this shit. You gotta like. You gotta realize this shit is not gonna change overnight. So you you gotta dedicate yourself. It's a dedication. It's something that you shouldn't be joining for. Like you guys were saying, accolades. It should be something that yo, I really believe in this, and shit needs to change. And I'm sped up of just trying to shrug it off. Like, no, we can't shrug it off anymore. Right. The NBA is about to open up and currently New York City is looking to, uh, we're about to do phase one of reopening. So I guarantee you the media is going to attempt to shift from all these protests onward. And so I need people to right now, this is the crucial junction because the media is on the wave of the protests and they're seeing that. And that's the hot thing right now. 
But as other things start to happen, they're going to move on from that. Does That does not mean the movement suddenly stopped. Okay, mm -hmm. so this isn't no fucking trend. All right, this isn't some shit. That's just a hashtag. You know, people think that the Black Lives Matter is just a hashtag and it's just a fucking a trend. No, this is this before the hashtag even existed. The, the the black people have been fighting this shit since we fucking were forcefully dragged over here. So just because you can fucking opt out of the conversation at any time doesn't mean the shit is not going on. And I'm starting to see people on Twitter already be like, oh, so we're done with the protest because I'm not seeing too many people. If you're not seeing too many people still talk about the shit, you need to follow new people. Or if mm -hmm. you're, your friends are not talking about this, the shit, then you need to get better friends. Because they, if these people, the people who are doing the work and are putting the time in, understand that this is the beginning. This is not the end. This is not the middle. This is the beginning of a long fucking process that we are going to have it is going to continue to be protests continue to be demonstrations and this shit is going to go from the for me i'm looking at it as from now to uh november is phase one basically because we gotta get the fucking orange face asshole out of there and then get slightly worse <laughs> slightly better joe biden in there then go on the mm -hmm. midterms at x y and z it's a process so if you're not out or if you're out there and you're thinking like cheyenne said one and done that's then Get the fuck out of the way, please. Because you're not doing anything but stroking your own ego and saying, wow, I helped out. That's like fucking, you know, like you showed up to a war. I shot one bullet. I helped win the war, didn't I? You ain't do shit. Mm -hmm. So get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's facts, man. I, honestly, that's, that's straight up facts, man. You know, you just hope and pray that, you know, everybody has that mindset and everybody has that same sentiment about the situation, has those feelings, and is just ready to make those decisions because, you know, like, and I feel like, I, I don't know, a lot of random things throughout life right now has just been kind of just bringing me to that realization. But it is a true situation where, you know, I'm realizing we're, we're at the age, you know, or at least our generation is truly at that age where we're making that transition to where we need to try to make more administrative decisions for the next generation because we are the next generation. We're the generation that's inhabiting the economy. We're the generation that's inhabiting all the issues that's going to come with it, all the worldwide issues. Like We need to have, make sure that at least if we feel as strongly as we're making it seem, that we're making it visibly seen. You know what I'm saying? We're making it physically seen. We're showing up, whether it's voting, whether it's um, at the black businesses, supporting certain black businesses, because you know politics ends up getting their favors from black, um, not black businesses, but businesses in general. Yeah. So if the businesses that are prominent and are the dominant ones are our black businesses or businesses of color, we're going to have greater influence, at least in the economy. At least that's the peaceful way that we want to go about doing something like that. You know, obviously with rioting, with protesting, with physical violence, that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not going to advocate or speak against it because guess what? When you are using physical violence as a mean to oppress, not on top of systemic and other mental and just depressive ways to just marginalize a group of people, the only thing that you can expect in response from that group of people is going to be violent. It's going to be reactive. It's going to be just something that you can't expect. It's not something that you you would expect or think is going to be peaceful. We ain't going to be sitting there marching in signs talking about, you know, we 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 want peace. It's not that's not how that shit works. That's right. not it's, how I'm sorry. it's just not how that works. Like it's just, you know, and I just pray that that's the the sentiment of us going forward. Yo, look, 
let's move on to the next system, the, yeah. the next step. Let's let's uh, mobilize. Let's start targeting. You know, and I'm not talking destructive target. I'm talking destruct. Like, yo, target the pockets. I'm telling you, if you want to hurt somebody, you hurt them where the economics is at. Because we live in a capitalist society where businesses control our government. Yeah, and it's to the point. And I, I, I you were talking about violence. I just want to say the irony of white people saying violence is not the answer when we have literally gone. And thrown soldiers in proxy wars because capitalism mm. was being threatened. Fucking, I guess white people have lost the ability to remember us going into Afghanistan in the fucking 80s because Russia had assets or, you know, uh, threatening communism there. And we fucking put soldiers in there for capitalist purposes to say, oh, no, we mm. didn't have that communism there. So you enacted violence to uphold capitalism. And then to condemn communism. And we're talking about those are economic ideologies you're, fi- you're actually having violence for. So people actually using violence for purposes about them being seen and heard as an entire marginalized people. And you're saying that's not valid? You must be out your fucking mind. When you, white people's, one of white people's favorite sport is fucking hockey. And it's literally legal in hockey to start brawling on the goddamn ice. That mm-hmm. shit's cool. But suddenly... No, 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 don't. Come on, guys. It's a curfew. Go home. When y'all was yelling up in City Hall about open up the hairdressers, but suddenly the rules change again because that's all a lot of this shit is. This is hypocrisy, of course, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's sad, man. It's sad. Like, you know, I, I really, I guess, you know, I guess that kind of puts us on just like, you know, where we stand, what we feel, what, what we really think is going to be the end result or like what do we truly think or what do we think is the solution you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day nobody has the answer i don't think anybody has a definitive answer you know let's do that of course one person's like opinion is going to be the catalyst to the answer but at least if i'm thinking i don't know if i would say it's going to be a combination of everything but i do truly think people we need to do we do need to start thinking economically how we can control more of just what happens in the in in the community, you know what I'm saying? Just what happens in society. If we can c- just control our our dollar the way I know we can, because when you think about how much black people are responsible for, or people of color in general, just economically, like you even think like, look at look at the look at what happened when coronavirus shut down all the food um foods uh, system on in the city. Yeah, and nobody could get Chinese food, bro. You saw how everybody was hurting. The idea of of just being able to just control, I right, yo, you know what? All the Asian, all the all the Asian um businesses, let's do this. We're closing down Chinese food because of the fact that people are just indirectly targeting us, talking about we the reason why for this virus. Because I feel like you know they didn't need to close down. They made a statement. That's what they did. They made a, a concerned statement saying, "Yo, we're not gonna stand up for this." We're not going to stand up for the fact that y'all treating us like this. And then they chose to reopen when they wanted to. Yeah. They didn't have to close down. They made that statement. And then right after they right after they reopened, what happened on Staten Island? It was where to get an order for dinner time, you had to place it right at the time of opening. That's how much demand that they created from making those type of statements. So we need to make sure that we are mobilizing, we are organizing as a group of people or as a, a, a community that wants to make a statement, wants to make an imprint on a capitalist government, unless we're going to overthrow that, that's where we need to start at. That's, to me, the re- most realistic viewpoint because, I, you know, 
Look, I, I would love to just overthrow things, but I don't know. Physically, is, th- is that where everybody's at mentally, where we physically going to be ready to commit to doing something like that? I'm not necessarily sure. I think, yo, let's hit them where I know they hurt. They always going to be hurting in their pockets. You know, if they, they're known to be racist, if they're known to support Trump, if they're known to be about, you know, X, Y, and Z, that's just not for the betterment of communities of color, minority communities, things of that nature. We're not fucking with it. That's just that's, that's simple. Yeah, so Chick-fil-A, we talking to you. Yeah, fact. <laughs> All right, so what about y'all ladies? What do you think are, is like the end goal or end game for this? You know, like what is, what is what do we come out the other side of this? Or what do you hope to see coming out the other side of this? Uh, I hope we reelect a better mayor. <laughs> well, de Blasio can't yeah. even be reelected or... Uh, I don't know. Bloomberg changed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Did he do two terms? Yeah, I think he did. Bloomberg changed that shit to give himself a third term and then changed it back. I guess if you got enough money, you could do whatever you want, which is apropos for history. So that's one thing. I hope we defund the police. I don't really care for reform because we saw with all the reform, no changes come. So either defund the police, at least a billion for just this year alone, because I did like email the comptroller office. And I did got an email back. To, I got, they distributed it to everyone, but they would they proposed to uh, cut the budget by one billion over the next four years, which only makes it about a four percent cut, and that's not good enough. That's fucking gross. Uh, yeah, four billion, and it's only what? And NY, yeah, for twenty twenty, I believe the NYPD budget is six million, uh, six billion rather. Wow. Yeah. That's disgusting. What about you, Cheyenne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm in agreement with Ruthie. We need to get de Blasio out of there. I think we need to get a couple of politicians out of, out of here. Yeah, Cuomo. Um, Cuomo. Yeah, Cuomo needs to go too. I know everybody was cheering him on during COVID, but I saw through that the whole time. I was like, nah, like, honestly, this man is just telling us what we want to hear. Like, yeah, he's stepping up. Mm -hmm. But no Cuomo for president. The people saying Cuomo for president. Homosexual. Please stop. Um, I am down for the defunding the police. I do think... Um, I don't, I need to educate myself more on how like city budgets work and, you know, who does what as far as deciding where funds are going, but definitely I don't see why the NYPD can get all these funds, but, you know, educational systems are constantly being cut and cut. And I, I feel like, don't we, wouldn't we want to prioritize giving the youth more access to more education and Uh making them, giving them the chance to be strong leaders within their own community, within the borough. So I just think we need to figure out, well, yeah, I need to educate myself more on that, but just figuring out on redistribute, redistributing funds where our tax pay, our taxpayer dollars are actually going. And yeah, it's a lot of with the economics that Tenny spoke to too. Like, it it is you know showing showing the people that you can't speak to with words all right if you're not going to listen and try to understand me maybe you'll understand what my value is when you stop making your money yeah so i'm just hoping you know i'm hoping that you know the momentum keeps going 
I'm hoping we we stay we get organized together and you know even on a per- more personal note I feel like a lot of the times and this is very self-reflective I found myself prior like hearing these horrible stories but being numb to them because they were coming out so often We got desensitized. And now it's just like you can't allow yourself to become numb to injustice because then you're just letting them win. Yeah. Right. And that's what they want. They want you to see that shit and just let it go. Um, exactly. I guess, I guess my answer. Um, for the short term, yes. Uh, I wanted to add a, a politician. Uh, the I believe he's the state judge or a city judge, James Jones, or I forget his name. But uh, he recently removed habeas corpus, which is the constitute or like the law that allows you, you cannot be held indefinitely. But he removed that, basically meaning that the, anyone that the NYPD arrests currently can be held indefinitely. So I'm not with that. That needs to go. Because basically you're saying any mm-hmm. protests you lock up, you could just let them sit in a jail. Like the NYPD doesn't have that problem now of people throwing in jail, not seeing a trial date, having that trial date pushed back. Now you're sitting in three years in jail before you even see a trial date. So um, I think... In the short term, yes, vote out the politicians. We need to defund the police, allocate those funds to the proper resources. Um, Mm -hmm. I think in the longer term, we need to change way more. Um, I think what I I tweeted out earlier, but I I did a lot of research in like 2015, 2016 about just understanding that like crime needs to be looked at as a, a failure of systems. The way we look at crime now is why did, you know, we don't look at why did this person do that? We'd be like, well, you knew the law. You shouldn't have fucking did it. No one looks at, well, why did this person felt the need to do this crime? Of course, you have yeah. heinous crimes like fucking murder, you know, like manslaughter or like people who, you know, are serial killers and shit like that. But crime needs to be looked at as a failure of social safety nets. And currently, as America, we have basically none. There are no social safety nets that prevent people from doing a lot of crime all right a lot of crime you know if it's robbing a bank you feel you need the money or you know gang related stuff is because you dropped out of school you lack the access of education or opportunities there's a lack of opportunities if you have proper social safety nets more people have access to more opportunities and therefore would not be in certain situations that they are now you know and that could be in the form of uh, a free education or free college or universal basic income, uh, better healthcare, or free universal healthcare. There needs to be better social safety nets so that people do not feel the need to be in dire situations where they have to do this. Now, this is going to get rid of crime entirely, but that cuts down so much on crime because, again, people will not feel the need to do that. And the police should absolutely want to adopt that because that makes their job fucking easier. And currently, police, the the way their job structure works is they have quotas. You need to make a certain number of arrests. Not, hey, crime is down. I think we're doing our job. Why are you having statistics that it's not a sales job? You need to make a certain number of calls. There no way should a cop's Mm -hmm. job be measured by the amount of arrests, the amount of stops you've done. No, it should be, all right, crime statistics are down. You should be, holy shit, you know, you should be thankful that you went a whole day. Wow, I didn't have to stop anybody or wow, there was no crime. Okay, great. My job is boring. That's great because that doesn't mean I'm putting my life on the line. I could go see my family. Instead, these people are out there and the the, the chiefs and the police union are encouraging these people to basically harass people. You're, they're fucking bullies in uniforms. So it needs to defund the police and eventually abolish the police. And, I'm not to, and when people say abolish the police, it's not a one-time thing 
of where okay the police is disbanded no it, it's it's a process that leads to community-led policing because currently you have police officers and particularly in Staten Island, you know, Daniel Pantaleo, the guy who basically choked out Eric Gardner, you have people who are policing communities and have no idea about the fucking community. So you're looking at somebody, oh, this person's suspicious, X, Y, and Z, but you don't know any of these people. You don't know any of their lives. So you don't know why they're standing on the corner, you know, X, Y, and Z. Oh, I see this kid with a, a kid with a hoodie walking home 1130 at night. He must be suspicious. You have no idea that that's this kid coming from a, a college trying to put, you know, be the first one in his family to go to college, but his college, he has to go after work where he works a nine to five, but instead you just profiled him immediately. So we need to have community led policings. We need to have more, like Tenny said, community involved things. And I think that's what it ultimately should come down to in the long term, where there needs to be more powers back into the community and have these systems where, boom, okay, you uh, instead of going to these big corporations like Amazon or Home Depot, oh, okay, I go to my local store, right there boom and they have the supplies they have all of this necessary and we put that money where we could see it because right now we're putting money into tax payers and we don't see this shit where we yeah. tell me where you know where your tax money's going i don't you know and nope. the first time we saw that, none of my money goes. the first time we see this shit really was the stimulus was the twelve hundred dollars that's fucking our money you got yep. people talking about oh you should be thankful trump gave you money motherfucker that was my money <laughs> that wasn't his money that we've been giving him for years bro so We've been giving I, them that shit for years. it needs to be communities. It needs to go back to not saying, you know, we need to isolate ourselves, but it needs to be more involved in the community, you know, where you're, you're reaching out and you're supporting more local businesses. Because right now, unfortunately, COVID is, is making it to where the only surviving people after this are going to be these fucking mega corporations that they're going to be even more fucking rich coming out of this. Amazon, Target, all of these places that we're ordering from, making even more money. And of course, we're complicit because there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. But at the same time, it's like, holy shit, you know, like, look at what this person has done. And yeah, it might be convenient, but it's like, holy fuck, how many businesses are going to go under because of this? So I'm sorry to go on a long rant, but... But yeah, basically, mm -hmm. I, I, it needs to come down to policing. And of course, we got to vote out, but we, we have to be more organized, too. You know, like it can't just be we do these things. And then when shit's all good, we're not applying that same pressure. And even when the people that we vote in, even if they are black, we need to still hold them accountable. Right. People that we vote in office, they need to understand that they're elected officials. They need to be beholden to the people that elected them, not their own fucking agendas. Yeah. Once they get put in there, we need to hold them accountable going forward. That's a, so, yeah. that's the biggest fact, too, because it's like it's more than just voting. You know, you could vote for the person. And then when they get into the office, they just become as corrupt as the other people. You yeah. got to like hold them to their word. Like, no, you said X, Y and Z was going to happen. When is X, Y and Z is going to happen? What's your plan? Mm -hmm. Lay this out for us. That's, that's it. Right. That's what it comes yeah, down to. Right. You have any other words, baby? <laughs> Um, not you covered it really. <laughs> like to really fight, to really fight. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna like. I eat this. Like, I really yeah. eat the end of that. To really fight push. crime, we don't need more cops. As you said, we need more mental health resources, more jobs, better pay. You you covered really what I wanted to say. Like, yeah. and it's crazy that like I just think about like police in general. Like, I don't understand how you know they sit there and they say oh, blue lives matter. This and the third. Like, you guys already stretched thin. What, what people are preaching would actually make your jobs easier. Like, why do we have cops, you know, uh, not pri in private securities at fucking, you know, uh, 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 like baseball stadiums or shit like that? We're using cops as like a blanket force for everything. 
That's not what the fuck yep. it should be there yeah. for. It's only to be to respond to crime and, and and X, Y, and Z. It shouldn't be neighborhood patrol and shit like that because when you're bringing in outside people, they don't know what the fuck is going on. You should have somebody watching the neighborhood that knows the fucking neighborhood so that they know something yeah. suspicious because they know the people in the neighborhood. They know everybody who comes in. Oh, this person works late night. Oh, okay, this guy walks his dog at 2 in the morning because he wakes up at 6, so he doesn't want to have to do yeah. it. Oh, this guy goes out for his smoke. Boom, not a problem. But instead, you have these people that, one, don't give a shit because, again, as people like to mystify the police, it's just the fucking job, right? So you have to understand there are people coming into this shit that are just there to make the money and go home. So they don't give a shit about the kind of work, the quality work that they're doing. And unfortunately, police are not being held accountable for doing a quality job, period. And if we're just going at it at that standpoint, it's it's fucking horrendous how that's getting treated. Because I guarantee you a, a, a retail job, you're held to a way higher standard. God forbid you talk back to a customer. Cops is out here shooting people because they felt slightly disrespected on a personal level. But God forbid mm. you spoke back to a customer at a retail job, you get an instantly fired instantly or fucking smack on the wrist and you're not getting paid for like two weeks but it said these motherfuckers get the chain off they get their judge friends or the police unit be like yeah don't worry about it sit your ass at home get paid for two weeks so fuck all that is what i want to say fuck that fuck 12 facts facts Facts. so (laughs) but are we is that it does anyone have any other things they want to throw in no, I, think, I think we, I think, I think we put the did. icing on the cake. Honestly, I like that. It was, it's very concise, man. We yeah. really got our points off today. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, we, we spoke our truths. You know what I'm saying? And you know, everybody, man, it's time to just get to action. It's time to get to yeah. work. It's time to put, you know, figuratively our money where our mouth is, but then physically our money where our mouth is. Right. It's time to make our change. We, we have what it takes. We can get out in droves. We can unite in numbers. Look, we've already shown with Obama. We can put somebody in office. Yeah. Like, we need to just do that on every single level, whether it's council, then, you know, to Senate and, you know what I'm saying, your government, your legislator on the mayor level, all the executive branches that exist within your society that you have voting power for, you need to make sure that you are represented. Point blank, period. Yeah. And that's that's just where we're at. That's that's what I'm on. And I hate to be cheesy and quote Dark Knight when Harvey Dent says the night is dark is just before the dawn because it's going to get really hard going forward. We already see Trump getting ready to fucking try to use the National Guard to emphasize against the protest. So we know we're getting closer to the goal when it gets harder. And unfortunately, harder might mean like lives are going to be lost. And I'm not trying to justify uh, lives being lost for this cause. But I'm saying like it, it shit might hit to that fan because there's no way we can attack police brutality and white supremacy at large without white people literally being like, no, fuck this. It's time to roll. And like Cheyenne said, we saw these people on Staten Island. They were a vague mention of a protest and they're already talking about I'm locked and loaded. So imagine if we actually start applying pressure nationwide. You don't think white people are going to get ready to fucking start shooting people? So... I'm just, you know, the the long is going to be, the, the road is going to be long and hard ahead. But again, there's always going to be more of us than there are them. And we just have to remember that going forward. Agreed. Agreed. Nice facts. Agreed. But so, yes, thank y'all ladies for coming on. You are always welcome on this damn podcast at any time. Babe, if you, if you hear me doing the pod, if you just want to drop in and be like, yo, it's root the two. What's up? By all means, <laughs> side want to be like, yo, it's side glizzy, side town, side green grass. Just come on the mic. Yeah. That's it. 
Um, I would like to make a closing much. statement. Yes, close that shit out, baby. Oh, well, not for the whole thing, but my last oh. shit I just want to get off is this white people, non-black people of color. We just need to keep the same energy, keep providing valuable support. Even when the attention dies down, it's important for us to continue educating ourselves and to support the black people we love and just black people in the world. You have to really care about this and not do it for yourself to make yourself look good. Yeah. Fuck your ego. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to care for your, your your black friends. You know what I'm saying? Your, your friends is black. Your family's black. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just think about, you know, your best friend, one of your favorite friends. You know what I'm saying? He's black. Like, think about his life. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people just... Yeah. Just forget that humanity sometimes. If just you care about like, you know what? black friends or black family members that you have, then you should be out here too. If you give a shit, yeah. then you should be out here. Because if you do, if you do give a shit and you're not out here, then you really don't give a shit. And Sorry even if, if you love black culture so much, you have to be here too. Bro, if you're listening to hip hop, you should be out here. I know y'all yeah. motherfuckers listen to hip hop. I know each and every white person out here as if, and especially the white people that don't listen to hip hop, but you listen to Lizzo, you better get your ass out there too. Beyonce, yeah. get your ass out there. Nicki Minaj, get your ass out there. So, but yeah. yes. So thank y'all for listening to another riveting <laughs> episode <laughs> of the Burn the City podcast. Um, we're going to keep this shit going week to week because... You know, we got not, nothing else to do, but we love to talk to each other and we love for people to listen. And people have been listening. Um, shout out, uh, a big shout out to big homie Sean because he joins the Xbox Live party now and he actually was just like, yo, I listened to the podcast. So that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, no, facts. He be, he be on it, man. Shout out to bro Sean, man. We, we, we love you, dude. You know, shout out to all the supporters. Anybody oh, supporting, yeah. man, at Touch the City Pod, man, you know, spread the word, spread the good word, because we out here, we we just, we out here potting, man. We out here putting in the work. So, yes. So, thank y'all for listening, and we'll see y'all on the next one.